So I don't know whether you remember this story, but back in 2006, there was a young entrepreneur. Uh, he had a novel plan. He wanted to get his own home. He didn't have any money. Uh, so like many young people today, uh, you know, the idea of saving up for a deposit and everything, it was going to be a long, uh, tedious road. So he came up with a novel idea uh, that he would take a paperclip and uh, start trading it. And uh, he went on an amazing journey. His name was Kyle MacDonald. He exchanged the practically worthless item um, 14 times. So in other words, he just tried to trade up. So he'd say to Trevor, well, look, I've got a paperclip. Um, you've got a lawnmower. Is that a fair deal? And Trevor would say, absolutely. Then I'd take Trevor's lawnmower. And this is what the guy did. He took a red paperclip. He exchanged it for a pen, then he exchanged it for a doorknob, then he exchanged it for a, a, a Coleman stove. I guess that's one of those sort of camping stoves. Then a red generator, then an instant party kit. I haven't got a clue what that is, but it sounds fun. Then a Bombardier Mac 1 snowmobile. The things people will trade. Then a holiday, then a cube van, a recording contract, a year's free rental, an afternoon with Alice Cooper, a kiss snow globe, a part in the movie Donna on Demand. And at the end of that, he gave that away and got a house. I mean, it's pretty incredible. But he just traded up. He ended up with something far more valuable than when he started. Tra trading up is, a, is a, a good thing these days. Upcycling as well. That's the new thing, isn't it? You know, where you take things that are... You know, they've seen better days. Have you seen that TV program, uh, Money for Nothing? Do you watch it? I know Enid loves this after lunch every day. Yes, I know. And uh, this program is, uh, is on your TV. I've seen it in half term. It is amazing. People throw away things, and you've got this guy. They always say he's been given special permission. And he wanders around the tip. And as you're getting stuff out of your car, he says, Oh, that looks interesting. And he takes it away and gives it to these craftsmen and women. Some of them do amazing things with them and sell these things on for hundreds upon hundreds of pounds. And then the money comes back and they give it to the person who they met at the tip. Some of the things they make are diabolical. <laughs> and you think, who would pay money for that? But there we go. It's amazing what people will do to trade up, to upcycle. This morning I want to talk about trading up or upcycling in another area. I'm not talking about trading up a paperclip. I'm talking about trading up an empty life for a full life, an abundant life, a life that I passionately believe Jesus wants every single one of us to experience. It was really Jesus who coined the phrase abundant life. But what exactly does that mean? Well, we're going to explore that this morning. Duncan's going to come and he's going to read for us from Romans chapter 5. Firstly, he's just going to read verses 12 through 14. Then he's just going to stand here and uh, I want to say something. And then he's uh, going to read verses 15 to 21. Thanks, Duncan. The reading this morning is 
Romans chapter 5, verses 12 to 14, but it's not in the Pew Bible. But if you want to follow it at all, it's on page 1132. <clears throat> when Adam sinned, sin entered the world. Adam's sin brought death. So death spread to everyone. For everyone sinned. Yes, people sinned even before the law was given. But it was not counted as sin because there was not yet any law to break. Still, everyone died. From the time of Adam to the time of Moses, even those who did not disobey an explicit commandment of God, as Adam did, now Adam is a symbol, a representation of Christ, who was yet to come. Thanks, Doctor. Stay there, because you can read the next bit in a second. That, that section, sometimes... It, People read bits of Romans and they think, flipping that, that's really hard. But if, you just, if you've got your Bible open in front of you, you'll see what that section is basically trying to do is just tell us that the sin of Adam came into the world. You know, Genesis, Adam and Eve, naughty people, did something wrong. Sin came into the world and it affected the whole human race. And Paul's picking up on that in those verses. So it's taking us back to the very start of life, taking us back to how that epidemic of sin came into the world through this guy, Adam, and it infected every human being. Nobody escapes it. You can't get inoculated against sin. Every single one of us mucks up. Yeah, every single one of us does stuff wrong. Every single one of us knows what that is like. So that's affected us. Now, Paul wants to show us the difference between Adam and what he did for us and Jesus, because Jesus was the perfect one. He wasn't infected by this terrible sin uh, that came into the world, and he wants to draw very uh, strict uh, differences between Adam and Jesus. Who's going to go on now? Thanks. So the second reading is again from Romans 5 verses 15 to 21. But there is a great difference between Adam's sin and God's gracious gift. For the sin of this one man, Adam, brought death to many. But even greater is God's wonderful grace and his gift of forgiveness to many through this other man, Jesus Christ. And the result of God's gracious gift is very different from the result of that one man's sin. For Adam's sin led to condemnation. But God's free gift leads to our being made right with God, even though we are guilty of many sins. For the sin of this one man, Adam, caused death to rule over many. But even greater is God's wonderful grace and his gift of righteousness. For all who receive it will live in triumph over sin and death through this one man. Jesus Christ. Yes, Adam's one sin brings condemnation for everyone, but Christ's one act of righteousness brings a right relationship with God, a new life for everyone. Because one person disobeyed God, many became sinners, but because this other person obeyed God, many will be made righteous. God's law was given so that all people could see how sinful they were. But as people sinned more and more, 
God's wonderful grace became more abundant. So, just as sin ruled over all people and brought them to death, now God's wonderful grace rules instead, giving us a right standing with God and resulting in eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Sometimes it's useful if you're struggling with passages in the Bible to look at different <coughs> translations, and that's why I deliberately use two different translations there, because that's not necessarily the, the translation you have at home, the one that maybe you've been used to. Sometimes the truth is it is difficult to understand, and getting hold of other translations can help you uh, determine things. So I'd encourage you, maybe you want a, a Christmas present or something uh, from somebody, why don't you ask them for a different translation of the Bible? Or online, you can use Bible Gateway. It's free, and you can get just about any translation on there. Some of them are pants, but some of them are absolutely brilliant as well. So did you see how in that little section, uh, Paul represent, uh, presented sorry, Adam and Jesus as polar opposites? There, there's a problem that comes with Adam, and there's a solution that comes with Jesus. And uh, this is the big thing that Paul wants us to really grasp. They are opposites. Everything Adam failed at, Jesus fixed. And that's the big thing. Adam brought death. Jesus brought life. And he didn't just bring life. He brought eternal life. He brought what he himself, uh, Jesus, calls abundant life. And that's the thing, isn't it? That's the thing that Christians uh, have. We have abundant life. There it is. It's abundant, you know? And I think sometimes we forget that, you know, and looking at some of your faces, I think you've forgotten it as well. Because sometimes we don't have that sense of, yes, I have got abundant life. I've got so much going for me, so much in this world that God has entrusted to me. Abundant life. It's the gift that just keeps on giving. And I want to explore that with you a little bit. So if you've got a Bible app on your phone or maybe you've got a pew Bible, why don't you open it to this passage? Let's unpack this Bible passage a little bit this morning. Adam gave lifelessness for all. To start with, we need to understand the situation that's going on. You can't understand how great a remedy you have until you recognize how hopeless your situation is. So I want to take you to the movies for a moment. 2015, Nigel will uh, no doubt have seen this film, Everest. Good film. It was quite well received. A true story about a bunch of climbers who in 1996... I went on an expedition to the top of Mount Everest. The climb, the, the climb itself was horrendous. It turned out uh, that it was going to take many of the team's lives. They, it, the weather turned in, things went wrong, and uh, every, many, many of them died, including the uh, expedition leader, a guy called Rob Hall, and it, it, was, it was terrible. And I just want you to watch this trailer for the film and listen carefully to what's being said. You, my friends, are following in the very footsteps of history. 
something beyond the power of words to describe. Human beings simply aren't built to function at the cruising altitude of a 747. Our bodies will be literally dying. Everest is another beast altogether. How you doing? I'm back. Doug Hansen. What do you do when you're not climbing, Doug? I deliver the mail. First mailman on Everest? Hope so. <laughs> I like that. Sit down, man. Climatize. How's the weather? It's good. I wish I was with you. One day, you, me, and that little Sarah will all go climbing together. So today's the day, huh? dreams, maybe they'll do the same. Showing that tonight at six o'clock. <laughs> it, it looks, it looks a brilliant film. Uh, did you hear the line? I thought this was incredible. That's why I wanted to show you that. Human beings simply aren't built to function at the cruising altitude of a 747. Okay, once we get above here, above the South Col, our bodies will be literally dying, and I mean literally dying. It's not called the death zone for nothing. Now, because of the altitude and the harsh environment in which those climbers were undertaking their expedition, they knew that the human body couldn't just cope by itself. It would start breaking down. And the moment you introduced that bad weather into the mix, it made the situation much more deadly for them. For those who made it out alive, they realized how truly they'd been saved. And uh, there is a, a picture of Beck Weathers. Uh, that's uh, the guy in the middle there. That's Frostbite. And uh, he uh, was one of the few survivors. He was saved off the mountain. He had to have reconstructive surgery on his face. He lost all his fingers. And uh, that guy went through an awful lot of pain. But that situation that those climbers faced, as deadly as it was, is nothing compared to the hopelessness and the hopeless situation Adam caused for all humanity. Not just for a group of people somewhere up a mountain, 
but for every single human being. And that was he caused spiritual death. And that's something that affects every single member of the human race. From the time of Adam to now. You and I infected with this. It's a situation which no amount of human ingenuity or skill or effort or bravery has ever or will ever be able to overcome. It's the absolute definition of being up a creek without a paddle. It is hopeless. Now you switch back to Romans chapter 5 and in verses 14, 17 and 21 you see how Paul says that death has reigned over humanity. It's just taken a grip and it's gotten hold of every single one of us. Sin and death are king. They're the ultimate authority. They're, they're harsh dictators. Imagine Adolf Hitler, only worse. For the readers of Romans, when Paul wrote to them, they'd have thought immediately of the Caesars, who had absolute authority in everything. You never questioned Caesar. If you did, you'd die. He was the absolute authority. Well, so is death. Until that is, Jesus comes on the scene. And Jesus does something absolutely amazing. And Paul wants us to understand that and get to grips with that. So that we can experience the reality of what inviting Jesus into our lives can mean for us. Those of you of a certain age will remember, oh sorry, will remember these. Do you remember those? Videotapes. Remember those? How many of you had a video cassette recorder? Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, you know, if the youngsters were in here now, they'd be like, what? They were brilliant though, weren't they? They were naff as well. <laughs> I can remember my dad got given one by work so that he could show videos and do presentations uh, he was a medical rep, and he used to travel all over Wales uh, giving lectures and presentations and stuff on drugs and stuff. It was absolutely incredible. And we had this video record. He had a remote control yeah, with a lead. Do you remember that? Yeah? Three foot of lead. That's all. So you had to be right up close, and you could go, not touching the video recorder. Oh, no. Look at that. Absolutely amazing. And um, if you, well, do you remember these? Do you remember those? Oh, they were brilliant. Steve Hayward, you must have done your own mix. Yes. Did you used to listen to uh, Top of the Pops? Phil, you're too young for this, surely. I, Top of the Pops used to come on. And, or, or better still, the Top 40. The Top 40. And I'd be saying to my mum, I'm going upstairs to record the Top 40. Don't call me. And every time I did a mixtape, you can hear my mother, Mark! Mark! Turn that music down! And in those days, when we had video cassettes and audio tapes, if you wanted to go back, if you saw a film and you thought, oh, that was really funny, let's look at that again. You used to rewind. No men, you know today you just go to menu, scene selection. None of that, was there? You had to rewind, and you would go back, and everything would be jittering and moving around. And you could hear the tape going backwards. Now, I used that 